On today's show, we have Joe Rotes, CEO of Dragon Chain. We're going to discuss details about the project, investors, team, and token, along with any plans on the roadmap. Joe, let's get started by giving us some background about yourself. I'm a uh, 20 plus year software architect, mostly focused on large systems, uh, scalability, security, flexibility, you know, traditional systems forever. And I got involved in blockchain and cryptocurrency in 2010 when one of my guys brought in a Satoshi white paper to our group. Um, it really became a, a topic of interest for everything we were doing. We started building anything we could, uh, some things that were stupid, some things that were exciting and interesting. And uh, we learned a lot and it led to the Dragon Chain project itself in the end. Uh, a lot of what we what we picked up and, and uh, uh, built. So uh, I guess what is the problem that you initially set out to solve? Generally, I mean, because I was looking at it uh, very much as a technology, especially at the time. I wish I would have looked at it more of as an investment at the time, right? But, um, you know, I did I did buy some early, of course, uh, but mostly we were building stuff and using them and I gave a lot away and, you know, we, you know, mostly to get people to the point that they could understand that the base technology, the goal, though, became very much about technology and how how we can leverage this technology for real business, right? So, you know, beyond just a payments tech, especially early days, you know, Bitcoin is, was payments. Um, and uh, that was interesting, but there were other things that we wanted to be able to do with it. So the question was, you know, about the scalability, how hard it is to integrate, you know, how abstract, you know, there are a lot of very different things about the technology when you compare it to uh, traditional software. And so, it was largely how do we you know make it possible and valuable for a business to actually plug in and, and do something with this got it i guess for our listeners you know at the basic what is dragon chain it is <laughs> yeah that's hard right it is a, a flexible uh hybrid blockchain system that lets lets you as a business or a startup enterprise uh, or anything in between uh, create uh, your own blockchain and leverage a lot of really powerful interoperability features without much effort, without much work. Um, and sometimes that's something that you you know you need day one. You know, we need to be able to plug into Ethereum to do this or, or uh, Binance Smart Chain to do that. But it might also be something that you don't realize day one. It might be a pivot for your business later or it might be something that you have an opportunity of uh, uh, a potential customer comes in and says, I need to be able to do these things you already do, but I need to plug it into this as well that we're you know, it's already readily available to do that. It's a very clean system, um, in particular for uh, businesses that already have some infrastructure or need to plug into the real world. I might, might need to plug it into my accounting system, my payroll system, my, um, you know, my IT systems. And this lets you plug those things in and automate the uh, interactions between them. And on top of that, there, there are a lot of really interesting things that we can do in a way that's uh, maybe a little more broadly applicable that, um, for example, with any blockchain, you can tie in what I call behavior systems, but because of the way that we, uh, that we've built out this platform, the architecture allows you to do some really interesting things, uh, in, uh, incentivizing behavior of, of customers and employees and vendors and, you know, anything that might make sense, you know, from adoption to, you know, following a process and making sure that the process is complete and thorough. Right simple stuff like that, but it's a really interesting capability when you look at it at a high level. So, so I mean, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, projects out there, uh, making different blockchains and kind of, is there any specific niches or clients that you guys are specifically going after for after? Literally it's just the flexibility. So we don't focus, we do have uh, a few startups that are, you know, notable, uh, that are, you know, that we're, that we're working with that I know of, we don't know everybody that's using the platform, of course, and we are hitting uh, some of the bigger, actually be Fortune 500 companies that we are already you know, working with uh, in various forms. And there are a few projects that would be uh, what you'd consider public sector, you know, government. We've done, a, we, we have completed a few smaller public sector projects that have been announced, but um, there, you know, there are a few others that we're talking to that are very interesting. And, you know, it's, it's primarily because of the security side. I mean, I've been talking about flexibility and interoperability, but there's a huge component around security and it's uh, both at the architectural level and at the uh, technical level, we have some really interesting, con how, how would I say this? Uh, some really interesting capabilities, I guess, uh, on uh, with when you think about security of a blockchain and a traditional system. So there are a lot of neat things that you can do to enhance your systems that you already have. 
there are a lot of things that you that we can uh, bring bring up that can answer questions for people who might be worried about uh, building something on a blockchain. You know that uh, you know they see some of the issues that it's it's a very, you know it's wild west. It's a very complex technology, and it's a it's not not entirely uh, well understood by most people, right? So we have a lot of very, in my opinion, neat things that you can do uh, right out of the box that uh, are really obvious to a business person, in particular somebody you know interested in IT security. So, I mean, based on that and kind of your existing or previous clients, I mean, is there any? Uh descriptive type of process in which you solved for, I guess, uh, a client and what they use Dragon Chain for? Identity would be a big one. Like say we could uh, call out, we have a couple of systems that are all related to uh, health as an example that, you know, it's a particularly hard thing to usually develop for I me. Mean, prior to Dragon Chain, I've worked in FDA regulated uh, uh, software before and it's it's scary. <laughs> it's very um, uh, paperwork intensive. You know, there's a lot of, um, stuff that you have to do. And because of the way that we handle identity for, for example, we had a, uh, a customer that came in and uh, they partnered with us to create early in COVID a, a way for people to return to work. Right. And it was great because <clears throat> on the calls, uh, you know, the, the doctors that, you know, the, that know the medical industry and know what's required, uh, we're looking to get HIPAA waivers, right? Well, okay, we need this, so they'll give us a waiver, um, but we'll have to file this and everything else. And um, we were, it was really interesting to me because the technology, we were able to come in and say, look, I think, you know, if we handle it this way and we arrange the identity this way, and it's a decentralized identity platform that we built on top of Dragon Chain, that you can allow people to expose the results and evaluation uh, smart contract which is codified to whatever the state or, or municipality uh, requires, that the person does not have to expose the fact that they tested positive, negative, that they have a vaccine, that it is literally uh, by the rules of the state, I am okay to return to work. And that's all that's ma that matters. And uh, you know, there's no reason to expose medical data, you know, HIPAA uh, uh, data. So it was really interesting and it actually confused um, uh, on the app store both both app stores were very hesitant at first. We had had delays getting it out um, because they thought we were doing something entirely different. And they wanted everybody to follow their 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 plan so they at least wouldn't have liability. And we had to show them, well, no, look, we you know here's here's everything we're meeting on the IT security side for HIPAA, but the uh, the actual data is never exposed. Um, in fact, we never even hold it on the uh, blockchain. So um, there was some really neat stuff around that. And that's just you know of course one application in one industry, but it's a very interesting thing. Um, and uh, the other side would be best uh, as an example that you can, as a business, store every transaction. Let's say you're, you're, um, uh, you decide that uh, you know, your legal tells you that we need to be able to, to approve people accepted terms or you know, whatever it might be, something that legal wants you to prove. You can <clears throat> arrange uh, every time someone accepts terms or every time there's an update in terms, uh, put those on chain, you can put every discernible user action on chain. You know, here's a login, uh, here's a logout, um, here's where they bought a ticket, here's, you know, where they uh, invoked some some uh, shipment or something. And the beauty of that is you don't have to expose that to the world because we're hybrid. So uh, you can decentralize it, you can do everything you need for backup, you can even uh, share the data with uh, uh, other divisions in the company, but it's not public, right? So you don't have to worry about leaking uh, privacy data. You don't have to worry about leaking financial data or anything else. Yet, when the customer comes in and says, wait a minute, this didn't go right, you can you can actually inspect, you can uh, roll back time and look at the state of the system, see if there was a bug. And if you need to, to anyone, uh, to the customer, to a vendor, uh, to a regulator, you can actually show, here's the source data, and they can independently prove uh, to themselves that you're not lying, that this source data did occur within this five second window last March, and that there is uh, $3 billion worth of hash power applied to it from Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? So it's a very powerful thing that, you know, I'm not going to spend $3 billion to, to, you know, lie about these records I'm showing you. Um, and that means a lot because uh, it's effectively uh, using the decentralization uh, for the proof without exposing the uh, the actual source data uh, to the world, right? So it's a very selective thing. So on, on the health, back to the health data, so does the person providing the health data, the only one who holds the key to access that? And kind of, can you kind of explain how 
they're right. able to verify that or only certain parts of it and then who right. has the access who, who has right right um so if you think of it as um uh in uh, in certain cases i mean it can be controlled it's whatever your business uh, would how, however yeah. you would want to model the data that um like in that system there are some companies that have some access to the employee data you know maybe some history or other things um but uh the way it works is by taking this is i could explain it generically as um identity that in this case so let's say you come into to the system and you generate an identity uh you can verify various factors about yourself you know it could be as simple as uh i can prove that i own this phone number this email address you know free stuff it can also be though i'm going to take my passport and i'm going to do a typical banking kyc so we have a trusted uh third party that is a an identity uh provider an identity verification uh, company and you can have multiple of those so you're without exposing it to me the business your identity would be verified just like a bank would but every field you know your your first name your last name your your uh passport number your date of birth all of those things are separated signed individually by that third party provider handed back to you along with things that would be we call derived factors that oh uh you know you're over 18 you're over 21 you're over 30 you know whatever things might make sense so you know you have you have brown eyes you have you know things that may may not be on the passport itself can be also listed as factors so those are handed to you now when you come to a business they can say i need to know that you're of age that you are a us resident that you know now i want your first name and you can say okay i'll give you those i'll just say i'm over 18 you know, I'm, I live in, uh, you know, whatever state and I'm a U.S. resident um, and my first name is Joe, right? And so now you know what that company has and you can decide whether or not to give it to them. And they also have, you know, your uh, being over 18 will never expire. So there's not, uh, not a reason to update that. But all of those things are very flexible and we can now also plug in things like this uh, medical data where it might go to a different source. It might go to the doctor who gave you the vaccine shot, right? Or, and the, basically they might have, they are a, a known identity signed by, let's say the state credentialed or you know some medical association credentialed something that the system can provide. Okay, here is, uh, Joe provides um, the fact that he's you know, proof of vaccine, proof of uh, certain tests, and all of those things can be signed by other authorities, just like uh, the one authority that looked at your passport and gave us all those factors. So it's the same model. And that means you can at will expose, oh, yes, I do have that vaccine. I got it, uh, you know, three months ago when you go to the doctor, even to the doctor, you could expose that. Right. And it's all then in the hands of the person instead of the companies. And frankly, I think you know, most of the time it's a you know, net liability for the company to hold that, you know, because they, you know, Facebook will sell your yep. Most businesses don't have the wherewithal. It's not in their line of business to to sell that data, and ends up just being a huge liability holding it for everybody. So, do you think you know some of the government policies is what is is requiring a lot of these places to also hold the data for auditing and certain things in the future? For for banking, especially like uh, <laughs> money laundering and stuff like that. I mean, those are the ones that are the most common. Um, yeah, we have a model where uh, the entity that does the verification, it's a secondary entity. They're actually holding the bare minimum based upon what you tell them for an AML policy so that uh, a business could effectively maintain uh, compliance with the AML, yet hold not hold that info. That it's, it's basically, uh, I have a reference um, that I can send the government to, to get the info on the account that they have a question about. Um, and there are a bunch of different ways you can do that, but you know, it, cause that is a, that's a real, and then the other is that, you know, we might have to hold that AML. If we decide to do that, you can still do that, but it, at least the uh, AML has proof. You have the ability to track when certain, you know, address might expire, things like that. So, I mean, over the last four years, I guess, or at least the 17, 18 boom, you know, everyone was talking about identity. We won't have to do all this KYC stuff anymore. And I feel like it's, it, it, there's nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It hasn't gotten there yet. I mean, and it's, um, we're, we're just rolling it out. We have, uh, two customers actively enrolling it. We have another that's slated to, um, we have a couple of internal projects that are going to start plugging it in as well. So, um, yeah. And, and a lot of them don't care about KYC, but, um, if you imagine, like, say we have a um, social platform and it doesn't actually have a need to handle the KYC, but as identifiers, the ability to prove that you're a real human uh, does mean you know, more 
so uh, it's an interesting thing that we can say, look, you know, we could give a score for whether this person is a real person and is the, you know, is the Joe they say and is the only Joe that has an account on this system, right? Or how do I say that? Or it is the only account that they have on the system. They don't have a bunch of puppets, right? All right. Well, that, that was good. So I guess, you know, with Dragon Chain, right? I mean, who is heading up and managing all this development and, you know, how big is the team and where are you guys located? I'm in Bellevue, Seattle, right? Um, we have uh, we have a, we have uh, another dev that's still here. We have devs uh, East Coast US. Um, a couple of the projects because we have a number of projects. A couple of the projects have some people outside the US. I'm generally the lead for all of the tech side. That uh, you know, my main goal, uh, my main task every day is keeping the priorities up ahead of development, so that uh, you know, as somebody is finishing up tasks, they always have something to move to. And the team is, I think it's eight people right now. It, uh, we're, we have a, a few projects coming in, so it's going to grow. We have a couple of, uh, in fact, we're, we're needing to hire uh, some people in a couple of areas. Um, but uh, you know, full stack and UI, we it's know challenging we have some right now. Out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, I will say one beautiful thing about Dragon Chain is we can use traditional developers. We can use devs that don't know anything about blockchain because everything is uh, either it's it's RESTful API, um, so you get an SDK and you can just start coding. So uh, when we're working with when we're working with customers, they can use the developers that already know their data, they already know the you know the rules, and they 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 already know the environment. Um, so we're not uh, having to deal with hiring a Solidity developer to come in and, and then teach them everything about uh, what the reality of this industry or, you know, anything like that. Um, it's really helpful. Um, you know, and then, you know, we, we typically help with the back end, and there might be a, occasionally some questions about how to handle technical things on in a smart contract. But, uh, you know, it's a very, very uh, simple. And I guess the learning curve is really good, right? It's, it's a very quick, uh, quick uh, route to, to, to being productive. Now, have you guys, I guess, uh, raised capital in order to, you know, continue operations? Well, we raised 12 million back in 2017. It was part of a token sale. And uh, we had a, a really unique model that it was a uh, patent pending at the time. It's been granted since that there was a uh, very unique model for the token itself, which is a what we call a tokenized micro license. So it's effectively a software license that has a balance that you can use. So it's a pure utility angle on it. And um, it works. And we have some really unique features that were plugged in primarily for uh, scalability and interoperability. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So a tokenized, uh, basically, so that gives you the access. Right, right. All right, so yep. let's go into, can you kind of give us some more details there? What is required for access? Or, you know, is there a certain amount of tokens uh, a company needs to hold? That side, I guess the, the way, the thing to describe there is in 2017, we introduced a concept that at the time we called uh, Dragon Days of Slumber Score, right? It was a themed thing. Uh, we've since rebranded it to Time, where if you hold uh, dragons in a wallet, okay, um, the longer you hold them, the more time you you accrue, right? So uh, if I hold one dragon every day, I get one point, right? If I hold a million every day, I get a million points. And uh, initially, the time was well. In fact, it was intended for other projects so you could get into them earlier, so that we would, you know, rank uh, your access by that. Um, we also used it uh, very early for creating effectively a beta program, so that if you had a higher time, you would get access earlier. And with that, we could then, without even having signups, we could control the maximum access uh, for any new feature, and you know, roll it out with you know the, the people that uh, that were the most loyal uh, customers would be there first. Um, <clears throat> we ended up though, uh, plugging it in as the actual scarcity in our network. So that, uh, cause we knew we had, we had an issue that we, uh, when we were rolling out the commercial network that, um, cause we didn't get to the history that we, we started as open source. We came out of Disney. Well, we started as commercial internal Disney open source. And, and uh, when we commercialized, uh, we had to rebuild a lot of what we had built inside of Disney. Right, but build it out in a you know full public way, and um, the network because we uh, allow you to uh, deploy it to cloud meant that uh, on the one hand it's great for uh, business because it's scalable. So you know that node if I if I need more of them they're there. But the issue was because the uh, dragon net side of things before you hit Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the external networks there. Uh, it, it, it's not proof of, of uh, work. It, it literally is a, it's a proof of identity on a couple of layers and just trust 
on the rest and is more than anything a way to very quickly decentralize the proof of your transaction uh and in time the proof will end up on bitcoin and ethereum um and it was a very business focused uh model and architecture but what it meant uh, was that P, you know that we didn't have the same scarcity that you would have like on bitcoin or ethereum networks where a piece of hardware um and it might be you know specialized hardware in both cases was needed so it was uh, a way to uh you know limit the, the the number of nodes that were running effectively and um we <clears throat> we flipped that on its head instead of saying a piece of hardware we're saying time so the more time you hold the bigger slice of any uh transaction or any block verification you will get right um and so it's a very clean way and on the other side uh the businesses uh are responsible for providing time to put a transaction on chain so if you want verification for your transaction you will pay a fee based upon the amount of time that you staked to that node so it's a you know it's a very balanced uh, uh, set uh, where on one side I'm reducing my fee by applying time and on the other side you're uh, increasing the uh, amount of my fee that you get by adding by sticking time on your note and so uh, it's a very clean way and it led to something that uh, for a number of different ways if you look at it from the security angle or if you look at it from the scalability angle it really helps because now on the security side. We have five layers. We didn't get into that. It's tons and tons. I could go on for hours. <laughs> but um, that you would have, if you wanted to execute a 51% attack, as an example, you would have to attack all five layers uh, of our network, um, some of which have you know, specialized access uh, with identity and everything else. And you would have to apply time slowly, right? I mean, time, you can't, you can't speed up the uh, acquisition of time. You, you could put more dragons into your wallet but you're still going to have to wait for them to to uh, spit out time. So it's an interesting thing because anybody trying to attack the network can be seen well in advance. Number one, then it can become competitive, and it also means that if we have a spike, and we've demonstrated this, if we have a spike uh, that would effectively kill another chain, and I, when I say kill, it would kill it for a day. Like say, you know, Ethereum even today uh, is is uh, occasionally having cases where the the fees go up radically. Um, maybe you can't get something on on uh, in a block because the you know you didn't apply enough uh, gas. Um, that with our network, we can allow the uh, the business nodes, the business blockchains that are the source, the you know the actual data going on chain. They can lock in a uh, a fee, and it's not just a matter of oh we agreed to pay the fees that were locked in. It is something that is very interesting interesting because it's your own chain. So. You know, you have your own blockchain. I have my own blockchain. That other business has their own blockchain, and there are a number of things that we did, even for uh, the architecture when we were at Disney, that uh, I could go into for again. I could go into depth on, but uh, they're independent, so they're independently scalable. So if you let's say we're doing a million transactions a day today, and your business explodes, right? You add a new customer, and you're doing uh, 250 million tomorrow. My chain's not going to have congestion because it's it's my own chain. I can scale it as I as I wish. Um, the capacity on our network is is radically higher than the current uh, volume, and we've proven that as well. But it means that we can do many orders of magnitude more volume uh, from one day to the next without requiring the entire network to go out and buy special hardware to 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 answer it. Right? That it literally is okay. Uh, all of the nodes uh, in the, the cloud environments or wherever else can expand uh, if needed. And um, we did a, uh, in 2019, we did a 24 hour live stream demo where we did, uh, uh, it was like 140, 150% of the Visa global uh, worldwide payment network in volume, just to, you know, it's a six orders of magnitude increase from one day to the next. We wanted to, to, to evaluate uh, the network and check, uh, you know, what, what kind of problems will we have with uh, congestion? What kind of problems will we have with, you know, any fee structure stuff? And everything, well, everything went perfect. So um, it's pretty amazing. So basically, the incentives for holding a token is to keep accruing more time on the network and part of the f uh, fees, correct? Right. Right. What, is there any other utility that a token provides for holders? Gosh, I mean, there, there's quite a bit. There's uh, Dragonnet itself. So there are a good number of uh, projects that are using it directly. Um, and that would mean access to interop with Ethereum and, and Bitcoin combined. It would be a scalable uh, build out of 
any system that uh, you know the the data uh, because it's your own blockchain. The payload data is your own. Uh, the, the structure and definition is your own. Um, the network data, the proof data, is standardized. So you have uh, all of the typical things you'd think in a uh, inside of a uh, blockchain platform for what you can use. Now we have many side projects uh, that are in continuous build out. Like I, I had mentioned, uh, our decentralized identity platform called Dragon Factor and MiFi. We've spun that off. It's a separate entity. So there uh, there are some utility. Uh, we don't have everything built out for certain yet, but there will be some Dragon utility there. Um, there is Din.Social. It's a full, generically, I, I would call it a behavior system, but it is entirely geared towards providing good content, right? So it's uh, like, say, something to replace Reddit or Facebook or, or something else where everything is rewarded and everything, uh, the entire process is incentivized. You have um, a, an evaluation uh, of content, which is rewarded based upon uh, an information uh, or prediction market. So um, basically people can participate in prediction markets in a very friendly way. It's not like you have to have MetaMask or anything else built. It's that I can go in uh, as a normal person who doesn't know anything about crypto and I can say, you know what? In this community, that content's amazing. I'm gonna say yes, and I'm gonna bet a certain amount of energy into it. Um, so that system has a couple of, in fact, coming utilities for dragons as well. Uh, there will be tipping and things like that, simple stuff, but there is also uh, a farming element that uh, one of the pools is dragon. Um, so you will be able to get <clears throat> tokens with which you can buy ownership in the communities. And if you own a part of the communities, then you get governance and you get passive income because the better the community is and the better content it provides, the more uh, to matter tokens it produces and you get a cut of those because you hold ownership in that community. Um, so there's that I'm trying to think there's, there's a lot of other things. We have some things coming up that we don't have on the roadmap on a you know, particular time timeline, because we're waiting for a couple of contracts to hit that when, uh, some of the adoption, uh, happens, uh, we're going to improve the time. What would be a market for time? Because right now it's, you know, you can build your own time and you can potentially you you can manage it for other people but it's kind of, it's you know it's not the the most friendly thing to do um it's you know it's not uh uh productized i should say yet but uh what we're building out is going to be uh something that'll make it very clean and simple for for uh someone to uh at arm's length monetize the time that they have applied. So there's a bunch of stuff coming there. So how do you, I mean, how do you keep the community engaged and, you know, continually increase social awareness? Yeah, uh, we've done, we've, we've worked for a long time and uh, I would say we have the best community in crypto because, you know, when we came out of uh, Disney, it, we were very, very different and uh, we were open source at the time. I was still working at Disney when we first released it. And um, when I left to commercialize it, because we realized there were a lot of pieces that people needed that you know we'd already we already knew how to build them uh so we might as well go out and do it so we had a lot of people in the very early days that were just there uh not for the speculative side but for the the uh the future of the technology and what can be built and you know it's very exciting and um then when we when we actually tokenized and uh you know rolled out the full commercial product it uh it <laughs> very very interesting because again it was it's a different uh different type of uh group where you know we had a you know we had a mascot it's a disney-esque mascot right um we, we had a lot of really neat things there and uh we use and we have used for a long time the community particularly in the old days the telegram groups as a way to get feedback early right so um you know we and we have i don't even know there are probably a dozen telegram groups uh related to dragon chain most of them community built you know they have one group for traders they have one group for uh holders that we have our official groups we have a couple of official language groups um and uh we created din.social to kind of pull people over to a point where they can be rewarded they can be incentivized they can be incentivized for sharing the content like say we have a new blog post or a new uh research or a new press release that we can actually incentivize the community for sharing it in a very clean simple way and uh, you know, a lot of it is, it's just in maintain a, maintaining a culture, right? That we, you know, people sometimes get upset, uh, you know, we try to calm them down. Um, people get it very impatient in, in the crypto world, right? Um, they oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yesterday. yeah. So, you know, we, you know, we recognize that and, uh, you know, I can't say we're perfect at handling it, but we try. Um, but, you know, we even have, like, say, our, uh, 
you know, our, our crest, which is a very, let's see if I can, uh, there you go. So it's, you know, yeah. it's dragons and everything under means something. It's all about liberty and uh, individual liberty. It's an interesting thing because we, we, we are very much based in the, the, uh, the origins of Bitcoin and Ethereum, you know, and why the, the reason we exist is the business side of why they exist. Right. So I don't know it's, it's a, a very clearly different thing in our community. I mean, community, obviously we're seeing through, uh, the whole uh, crypto industry right now is uh, very important. Um, yes. I, I think that we'll continue to see over the next few years, um, beyond the community and, you know, discussing competitors, right. Or we'll call them competitors, but there's a lot of people out there that are building blockchains and offering similar products. Uh, you know, what are you doing differently to differentiate yourself and, uh, how will you attract the customers? Our primary, uh, is probably the flexibility, um, that, uh, and that's, that's to, uh, differentiate and to, to attract, uh, the, we, from our start, um, you know, and if you ask me, uh, have the most future-friendly blockchain be a platform because you could build something on our on our platform, and if uh, you know some magic solution to one component of your system comes up, that's what we're here for. You know, because it's it is, and and in fact, interoperability is more important than than uh, than considering them competition. I mean, there are. Some projects that uh, most people would consider in competition with us, but uh, we see more than anything uh, value in interoperability because some of those projects, uh, you know, hit one aspect of what we do, or they they hit others, but there's overlap in one or two areas, and they do things different than than we do, right? Um, and you know, like if you if you were to go for uh, decentralized oracles, you would say, well, Link, right? Chainlink <laughs> is is that, um, and so we can plug into Chainlink. We've even talked to them before. Um, and there's some very interesting things. And yet at the same time, depending upon what you need, you know, you can start with, uh, with our platform because uh, we, we provide self Oracle, you know, that your chain can be its own Oracle. We provide a, a lot of really neat wrinkles around that Oracle question that might answer everything you need. And yet, if you do need the extreme case, you can plug in link. Um, and, uh, and that's not all link does either, right? Link does other things. So there are some, some cases that people have talked to us about integrating it. And there are, there are a lot of others, but it's, it's, it's that. And yet, I mean, when we talk about sales, um, we tend to get a lot of uh, calls recently, especially based upon industry-based articles where we're either writing about something we have built, something we are building, or, uh, or in some cases, just the possibility uh, based upon groups that we're talking with. And we get a lot of calls based upon that because uh, some of these people in, in the real world you know, in, in uh, real companies didn't know some of these things were possible. And that's usually our biggest issue is cutting through all the noise because, you know, we're very engineering focused and, um, and uh, uh, we tend to, you know, avoid as, you know, as much as possible any official speculation or any of that type of yeah, yeah. stuff. And, and so, uh, you know, we're trying to cut through with real tech uh, information, which is sometimes dry. Right. And so um, <laughs> but when, when the people search for it, they say, Oh, I, I need to know, you know, what do you guys think about, uh, you know, real estate or, or commodities, uh, tracking or supply chain that they find some of the things we've written about and show up. And then the other that, uh, created a lot of, um, interest in it was, uh, sustainability and, uh, carbon footprint, which was surprising because that wasn't a focus. Everything that we, that we built was focused on literal best practices in engineering and the best way to handle business systems. And yet when some of the, uh, the, the, the things were brought up, people asked us. So we said, well, we haven't had time. We're going to go. And so we, we put together a whole, uh, study and paper on it. And we were hundreds of times, um, uh, smaller footprint, carbon footprint than the people that were bragging about it when they were comparing themselves to Bitcoin and, um, sometimes thousands of times, uh, uh smaller footprint. And so we put all of that out and that's actually attracted a lot of attention because some of the groups that are trying to do, um, carbon tracking and supply chain or for financial industry, uh, at least want to be able to say that the blockchain that they're using isn't, you know, going to be, yeah. you know, at bad numbers. Right. So, um, that's helped too. And then it leads to all these other things because they realize that they can do some things they, that they didn't expect, which, uh, for data quality, for, you know, there, there's so many things. It's pretty neat. So which one, I guess, which one of your products, you know, is gaining the most traction? Probably the, uh, well, okay. The, the platform itself, I think we're getting. We're getting the most interest on 
Um, if it were based on like say users and activity, it would be, be probably den, den.social the, the, uh, cause it's a, you know, it's a, a direct user. It's not a business thing. It's, it's a, uh, social platform, right? So, or a content platform, but, uh, there are, there are others that are getting a lot of attention, but we're, you know, there, there are a lot of other things we've spun off already too. So I know the, uh, uh, the communities are always on top of everybody when it comes to the token and what the token is doing as we kind of alluded yes. to, I mean, how do you maintain, you know, calmness throughout the community, especially since 2017, where, you know, the market drives it way up and it comes way back down. It's, it depends. I mean, every, everybody's different, right? Um, some people are less patient than others. Uh, some people are just golden. I mean, they're just uh, amazing, beautiful people because they, they get it that it's, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't, um, purchase licenses to, uh, you know, cash out in three months. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, we, we went in, you know, 2018, you know, right after everything issued, we were part of that big run up, which really, uh, makes it difficult sometimes because people see that, uh, you know, we were at five bucks at one point and, uh, you know, if, if it's all that you care about is price speculation, then, you know, you're not going to look at us, but, uh, if you're looking at technology and you look at what we have now versus then, then you're like, well, the market doesn't really bear that out. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and, uh, yet, you know, a lot of it's, you know, there, there's, there's so much, uh, murky, uh, water because of, uh, us regulatory as well. So that made it, you know, more difficult because we couldn't do some of the things early on with, uh, you know, with the certainty that we would have liked. And so, you know, we, so what we did, we just built and, you know, it's like, we couldn't do something. So we just kept building and, um, we kept working as much as possible on the communications. And it's, by the way, that's probably, you know, we could say what we built is very unique in my opinion, you know, and I'm a, I'm a software guy, uh, through and through that, uh, you know, this system is a, it's a, has a very beautiful, elegant architecture. It's very clean. Uh, everything is there for a reason and the implementation uh, you know, we had three, you know, we had an implementation at Disney. We had a, uh, an implementation out the gate in 2017, 2018. And now we have a, uh, the third reference implementation of the platform itself. And, uh, it's radically better than anything we've had before, but it's, it's an interesting thing because the, uh, the, the token price doesn't quite match up to the capabilities. Right. So that's, you know, that's a normal thing, but I also think that uh, and this is probably the, the weird thing that might be unfathomable to a lot of people. I think that uh, all of the price action that you're seeing in the crypto market is probably a bump compared to what it will be. Because I think when, <laughs> you know, when really, you, you imagine, you imagine, you see what uh, NFTs are going for these days. Yeah. You see what, um, you know, Bitcoin is headed towards and what Ethereum itself is headed towards. And you consider that, what would be the effect if you have real world adoption where everybody is actually using it. It's not necessarily not speculating in it, but that they're yep. using it. It's going to be a, an enormous difference. And so, you know, so let's, let's, let's hit on that a little bit of expectations, right? Since we're on that investor expectations, but I mean, the whole market in general is in a similar position to the extent that, uh, certain projects, you know, need time to build out and they need that time to start getting on clients. So what is maybe some realistic timeframes that it is going to take for some of these projects to actually get on the amount of clients that they need to have a uh, robust ecosystem and, you know, for the token to work properly. It depends on the vision, but it's, it's probably just like any traditional startup. Something with a very small vision is going to, you know, you could expect tighter returns faster, but it won't be as big as a bigger. So it's, you know, you have to kind of gauge that this is a big effect that is maybe riskier and will take longer to develop. And um, I, I would say it, it is, it's funny that, uh, a lot of it is very similar to nutritional world too, because the team matters, you know, if you yep. can say, okay, that team will stick to it, won't leave, you know, they won't just dump the thing and, and move on to something else. Um, that's a big part of it as well. I guess what I'm saying is maybe, you know, how long, well, one is are enterprise type companies starting to adopt or get involved with projects with a token model, right? Cause I, I think right. that's maybe more of a concern a few years ago. They didn't really want to touch things with a token on, right. or, unless maybe it was happening in the back end. What has been right. your experience there? It's uh, we've seen a huge change in the past six, eight months where for whatever reason, some of the ideas are cutting through and people are coming to us as, as an example. So I imagine it's help happening elsewhere that people, companies are starting to understand that it, this isn't just a, a numbers thing. This, this is an actual technology that I can apply to my real 
problems, right? And so, yes, they are. They're starting to reach out. It, it is sometimes a question, you know, how, how do the how do the tokens come into play? You know, how, how are they used? And, and depending on the company, they have various levels of comfort with that. We we created a, a system that let them effectively, uh, you know, hide that they don't have to see that. It's it's uh, behind the scenes. They can put in their uh, whatever their regular payment, whether it's credit card or whether it's an invoice uh, Got it. wire. Um, and behind the scenes, the tokens are purchased, the tokens are put into play, and they roll through the verification network, just like uh, if you came, if they came directly with the tokens. Um, and that was helpful because, you know, we uh, in the U.S. were only listed on one exchange, I think, in the U.S. Right. So it was always this question of, well, you know, how do we handle that otherwise? Yeah. And this this kept it simple. Um, and uh, it also it also let us white glove. Uh, uh, the time element as well. Cause you imagine, okay, I understand buying tokens, but now I have to understand time and this other economy. And, you know, frankly, that's there so that the network can work, but it doesn't have to be uh, front and sender when you're trying to sell someone uh, the, the product. So it's, it's worked so far and we're, you know, getting better and better, um, bigger and bigger projects coming in. Um, so, you know, the adoption is right on the cusp. So what other, I guess, uh, you know, things you have on the roadmap for the company and, you know, how do you utilize them to gain more market share? Right. Let's see here. So if, if we did a rundown, I mean, I could tell you we have uh, Dendas Social is fully independent. Uh, you know, we, we own part of it, but uh, uh, we have Factor MiFi, the, uh, the identity systems that is independent. We have uh, a company called Smart Balance that is intended to fix whether it's corporate or public sector, the voting issues, right? Both with registration, with identity, with uh, all of the things that you would expect uh, given the past few years. We have, gosh, I'm gonna forget some. We have a, we have a few other systems that are rolling out that, uh, that they're geared towards various industries, but we didn't want to cloud up everything on the inside. Oh, there's an archival, uh, something called Eternal Archive that is um, going to be spun off that effectively has a better way to monetize the archival of data that, um, typically public data that, you know, might be, uh, in effect, uh, on its way to being canceled, you know, a Reddit, uh, subreddit that's going to get, uh, uh, deleted or, you know, 4chan or something else. And, uh, we have a way to monetize it without being a charity. So it's kind of like what archive.org does, but a way that is, uh, going to drive people to come in and, and, uh, get this content, uh, identified and, and stored. But we, we think, I mean, I think that there's something coming, uh, that is a new industry that would be focused on behavior. And, you know, you can look at, uh, you can look at it from the base. You can look at what Bitcoin has done, right? That uh, without a leader, without central management, without funding from Silicon Valley, Bitcoin is far and away the largest uh, computing um, concern on earth, right? If an, if an alien landed today, they would know, want to know what is this Bitcoin thing? That might be the most important thing they would see because the entire world somehow in a decentralized way cooperating to do this thing, right? And that is because Bitcoin at its core, although it has various capabilities with time, various capabilities with securing uh, data, uh, its core, if you look at it, is a behavior system. It, it is basically uh, has enslaved, you could say, uh, you could say incentivized, but uh, humans to do its bidding, right? To, to mine it, to use it, to, to, to buy it, to do things with it, uh, to create companies around it. That's what that software by itself did. And so I think uh, that uh, you're going to have some, something, uh, a real um, identified need for businesses, every business, to leverage that technology to improve their profits, their adoption, their customers, their processes internally and externally. That's what it's all about. And that's why uh, we created DIN uh, as generally a platform to demonstrate that tech where we have a way to use uh, humans entities and uh, uh, content to, to basically provide a goal. And, you know, the goal for it is to provide the best content fastest and to reward all those people involved. And it's, it's amazing because some of the stuff we're doing for uh, decentralized governance is astounding. I mean, and we're, we're finding different ways to leverage it uh, every day um, where, you know, we can really uh, uh, get people to follow a process without, you know, with, with very hands off. It's, you know, it's not like we're, you, you have to do A, B, and C, or you can't do anything. It's, well, if you do A, B, and C, you're going to be rewarded. If you, you know, take the other tack and, you know, try to uh, attack the system, you're going to be penalized. And, you know, there are very complex ways to do it. But I think that uh, in the future, that's 
the goal of every system. So, and you know, Dragon Chain is pretty much built to do that thing that you're um, in the way that your business needs, right? So, you know, Bitcoin is built for the for its purpose. You know, originally cash, now hold. You know, now a uh, uh, value. Um, Ethereum is is built for tokens, right? Primarily, <laughs> um, you, you can say other things, right? There are many other things it can do, but its killer app is the token. And you know what we allow you to do is even leverage Ethereum to uh, to provide value for your goals. You know, and, and it could be adoption, uh, it could be getting investment, it could be um, uh, inside. We we did, at Disney we did a lot of things that surprised us even with team based behavior uh, incentives. That uh, you know if you followed, and it's very boring stuff, but it's amazing the effect because. Uh, you you end up with transparency, uh, objectivity, and rewards all combined, and that these teams can can be much more efficient because they have better transparency of what's coming in the door, and they also can reward the teams that feed into their process uh, based upon you know if you if you provide these data points up front, if uh, if you don't uh, send us broken code, if you if you do things right, you get rewarded and. Um, you know, the rewards can be anything from, you know, days off if the company allows mm-hmm. that uh, all the way down to um, you get you get to be first in line. So if you have an emergency and you are the team that always follows our process perfectly, you're going to be able to be first in line every time. I mean, you know, that matters a lot inside of a you know corporate, very politically heavy um, enterprise. So do you think these companies are going to have a lot of uh, we'll call them internal HR tokens that uh, kind of incentivize for the good behavior of all the employees within the company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends. It might not be that precise way, Correct. But, uh, but I mean, I was surprised even there that uh, when I brought that up, I wasn't thrown out of the room because I, I totally expected when I said, you know, if it were up to me, I would reward based upon these and I would, you know, let people, you know, they, they could do things, but you imagine if you could buy a day off. Imagine if you could, um, one of the even crazier ones, imagine if you have this token internally, and let's just say it's IT staff and developers, but Let's say um, you've built up enough in your projects that you could uh, effectively outbid your boss and work on a different project for you know uh, a period of time, right? It would be it'd be a very interesting thing that would be very valuable for the company because you're going to reward these these uh, you know star developers that really produce to let them have more input. We we also had things like um, prediction markets on on. Uh, uh, how do I say like projects that uh, you know it it you think about the politics with uh, you know most people know okay this project's not going to succeed right yet a few rungs up the ladder they don't know that because there's no way it's getting through the middle managers um, mm-hmm. and so stuff fails so uh, to have an effective way to allow the people on the ground to say I'm going to put my money that this is going to fail I mean it's, it's kind of some things are dangerous and there's some things you you can you know you don't want uh, gaming of the system but there, there are ways around that as well. So, but yeah, there's, there's a lot in it and it doesn't just work for teams. It works for individual employees. It works for vendors and it works for customers. Right. And we're, we're seeing probably most of the uh, effect with customers up front because you can directly reward uh, based upon any traceable, trackable, how do I say action that they, that they uh, take, you know, and it could be, you know, I want to reward for consistent behavior. So, you know, the guy that comes in every week and buys a sandwich, uh, versus the guy who comes in, you know, uh, every randomly and buys, you know, a, a family full of sandwiches, right? So it's, you know, and, and it's it's totally up to whatever your number crunchers want, because you'll see all the data. So you could run A-B tests and say, okay, let's, let's put this in place and see if this works to attract more business, right? There are a lot of really neat things you can do. So with all these, uh, we'll call them applications that can kind of be layered on and used throughout a lot of these enterprise companies. I mean, who is the, who's the sales reps? Like who's, who's getting this out there and who's getting this into the companies and, you know, at least doing beta tests with them and so forth. Gosh, so we have, we have a, a couple of core people on staff that uh, are they primary and they, and they do some sales or they do a lot of sales, but they probably more importantly, they arrange uh, channels and other, um, and I'm not, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, uh, someone who knows precisely how to set up uh, sales organizations, but, um, you know, but I've learned a lot over the years and uh, they're pulling in channels that are really, really well connected, um, you know, high levels of uh, corporate, high levels of, of public sector and are getting us in the door. There, there are a lot of, uh, as you can imagine, security concerns, supply chain security concerns that are all popping up all over the place now. So we're getting a lot of interest there. 
And uh, typically, you know, we bring them in, we talk to them about uh, all of the things. We usually give them ideas and you know, they come sign a contract. We, you know, build stuff out, usually phased approach, you know, normal, normal, normal stuff you'd consider for software sales. Right. And I guess, you know, as we're getting close to wrap, wrapping up here, uh, you know, one of the last questions we always ask is, you know, how will, you know, the utility of the token continue to rise, mm. you know, with adoption over the years to come? Right. Well, with adoption, the big thing is going to be, in my opinion, at least, uh, that time will have a, a very important factor. I mean, we're probably going to end up limiting the, the ability to run nodes, as an example, mm. uh, based upon time or other other uh, credentialing, um, because we don't want the network to get too big, because right now our capacity is, is uh, like I said, way, uh, we have a lot more capacity on the network than we need, uh, uh, even for 100 times the... Uh, number of transactions we're, we're doing in a day. So, you know, that'll continue because time keeps marching on. Um, there'll be a couple of changes. Hopefully it'll even make it more scarce. And, uh, you know, with adoption, it's just all of a sudden people are going to need those tokens. Um, and we're at the, you know, I would say we're at the earliest, earliest part of that because we're doing about, I don't know what the average is. It's uh, around half a million a day, probably average. Occasionally we're doing 800,000 transactions in a day. And occasionally we're doing 10 million transactions in a day. So, it, you know, give or take, but, but, uh, uh, some of those projects are not, uh, you know, ongoing. They'll they'll do big spurts, and they're still building things out, figuring out what they're doing. But yeah, other than that, it's more than anything. Every single one of these other systems that we're building, at least, is also on Dragon Chain, so they all need tokens too. So, you know, the utility of itself is. Um, and and by the way, I mean, you know, we have 433 million uh, tokens that, uh, and it's it's a Fibonacci prime. It's not exactly 433 million, but but uh, there aren't any more. We don't. You know we don't produce them every day so it's it's a fixed uh, count and you know so most of them uh i don't know the percentage but most of them are already out in the uh supply the you know circulating supply so i appreciate that anything else i mean about dragon chain you'd like to share with us as we come to an end i don't know uh you know i would say check out the uh the the dragonchain.com uh the blog page has a lot of uh, stuff we're typically doing an article a week, new article about some feature capability that is interesting. And, you know, a lot of times it's not just Dragon Chain. It's more than anything, a philosophical approach. You know, you can do this uh, with blockchain. Here's, you know, and, you know, we might, we're usually geared to do it better than anyone else. But um, I would say check that out. And, you know, I could go on for hours. If I start on anything, it'll, it'll run us way, way over. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think we covered, you know, we covered a really good round uh, picture of it. So well, I appreciate that. And if anybody obviously wants to hear more, learn more, you know, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, find the project? If you go to dragonchain.com, click to contact us, uh, you could info, you could, sorry, you could also uh, email info at dragonchain.com. Uh, you can go to den.social. You can ask questions directly in the uh, Dragon Chain layer. There's a full community there where, you know, probably you'll probably get answered even before we see it, but uh, we at least would be there to, you know, be able to answer it as well. So I appreciate Joe uh, taking the time out for us today. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks a bunch. Thanks a bunch. If you want to get notified of our upcoming exclusive interviews, subscribe and tap the bell icon below. Then drop your comments. And lastly, subscribe to our private newsletter at fullflaggroup.com.